This is Bob's World. Good morning, I'm Bob Welch. It happens to all of us at one point or another. We realize someone we met has left this earth, and it hits with a thud. The thing is, my meeting with this person was entirely by chance, and the backstory was a technical difficulty at a radio station in Buffalo. More in a minute. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on, and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. It was a February night, eight or nine years ago. I was running evenings at WDEV in Waterbury, Vermont. And while they have been on the FM dial at 96.1 for many, many years now, with various community relay transmitters to get the signal into the valley towns that are Vermont, this story centers on the AM dial setting, 550, a frequency it has used since the morning it signed on in 1931. There are few Vermont locations that cannot pick up at least some signal from AM 550 WDEV, at least with a good radio, or while in a car away from power lines. That, the result of the fact that when WDEV signed on, there were only 500 radio stations on the air nationwide. The connection to the subject of this story is that dial setting of 550 AM. For someone who might not follow many of the technical details of broadcasting, I will simply point out that all but a select few radio stations are given a territory to cover, and that signal must be confined to that territory at night as well. See, at night, AM radio signals refract off a layer of the night sky and could land many hundreds of miles away from their assigned part of the country. Indeed, a select few radio stations in the country were given extremely high power to use the night sky to their advantage some 80 years ago to guarantee the old radio networks of the time, NBC, CBS, and Mutual, a solid nationwide audience at night for primetime listening, which before television was evenings on radio. Back to my studio at Waterbury, Vermont, in 2014 or 15, and I was hearing something in the background, in my headphones, while I was on the air. It was off in the distance, but close enough that, to the untrained ear, it would feel like someone might be talking in the next room, or something. I knew it was an under 550, on the air. Then to confirm my mind was not playing tricks on me, my program director, a patient, wonderful man named Lee Cattell, rang my studio from his home an hour north of the station to ask me if my AM transmitter was operating normally. He told me he was receiving full blast a Buffalo Sabres hockey game from another 550, WGR, Buffalo. I told him my transmitter readings were normal for this hour of night, and we were putting out our assigned power, lower, in the evening to stay within the confined territory. It then came to mind... A friend of mine in the business, a man named Scott Feibush, who seems to know everyone in the business, whether they may be people on the air working right now or those who shut off the mic years ago, yet who are still interested in the old game, 
I'll take this opportunity to mention that Feibusch's day job is that of a broadcast engineering consultant, and uh, he runs a newsletter on his website, Feibusch.com, called Northeast Radio Watch. A weekly rundown of which station got sold to whom, which signal was just allowed a boost in power or a move of their tower, along with passings in the business. I knew that Scott Feibusch lives in Rochester, about a 90-minute drive east of Buffalo. I also knew he'd be able to confirm for me if WGR had a technical difficulty sending its daytime signal in the direction of Vermont well after sunset. So I sent him a private message to him from my studio in Waterbury, Vermont, to him, wherever he was, because he travels a lot. Five minutes later, he replies, Wow, I'm actually at home in Rochester. WGR is coming in really loud here tonight, and because I have his number on my phone, I just called WGR engineer George Apfel to let him know. Their signal, you see, must be directionalized to the north and south at night, as they applied to keep at day power at night several years ago. And in order to do that, they need to protect the territories of WDEV in Vermont, along with a station in Providence, Rhode Island, which both use the 550 dial setting. About 15 minutes after... I heard that Buffalo Sabres game, the one I heard in my headphones, and that my boss had heard full blast at his home an hour north, just disappear. Now, Scott Feibush and his wife Lisa are two of the best people you could ever meet. Their deck party held every late July or early August is an open invite to anyone they know to come over and have a burger, hot dog, and socialize. Each year I ask myself, Lisa does know how many people Scott Feibush knows in all four directions of the compass. And so I came to their dick party, and I did so each year. I still will in the future. And at that dick party, Scott calls my attention and introduces me to George Apfel and says with a grin, You two have the same dial setting in common, but not the same city or call letters, and so we each chuckle and realize that that February night a year or so prior, I instantly recognized he was an extremely sharp guy. He proceeded to tell me that while he grew up in western New York, he had spent 40 years in Las Vegas broadcasting, where he made quite a name for himself with his middle name, George Thomas, he went by on the air out there. He had also been in the voiceover business, station management, spent some time in Houston before eventually getting into engineering, which was how our paths crossed, and only because he returned to his native western New York. We then connected on Facebook and learned he was working on a history of Las Vegas radio, which was published last year by Arcadia Publishing. This feature is on a little later, as I had to collect myself yesterday when I learned from those tagging George in their posts that they were posts of remembrance and that George had died. Scott Feibush reports in his Northeast Radio Watch newsletter this morning that George Thomas Apfel had been ill recently, but to learn of his death over the weekend is a shock. I'm going to miss those stories, but some of them are in the book. Las Vegas Radio and Television. 
in the Images of America series published by Arcadia Publishing. That's Arcadia, spelled with an R, A-R-C-A-D-I-A. George Thomas Apfel, going to be missed by all of us. Bob's World for this Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm Bob Welch, and I'll see you on the smartphone.